coming up today on David vs. Goliath with the adult Disney fan hating Brandy Whalen. When you get somebody talking about what drives them, they can get real fired up. Nobody's an average human. We all have something. We just have to find it. Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with a great episode in a special edition of the David versus Goliath podcast with Brandy Whalen the founder of KitCaster. You're going to find this to be interesting and fascinating how businesses get their word out in 2022. It's fantastic. Today's episode is brought to you by Anthem Software, where you can find, serve, and keep more customers profitably with their all-in-one software, marketing, and consulting platform built specifically for small businesses. Take the 120-second tour today at anthemsoftware.com. You can visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to get our newsletters and also apply to be on the podcast, which a lot of people have done. And this is how I ended up meeting Brandy and her team over at Kickcaster because they have clients that they apply to be on through the website. And they've been fa- fascinating and fantastic interviews. And you've been, if you're a fan of DVG, which I know you are, uh, you've enjoyed them. So with no further ado, let's get right into it today with Brandy Whalen. Brandy, welcome to the David versus Goliath podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Really I, excited for this. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I love people that like podcasts. And clearly, you're one of those people that likes and believes in the value of podcasting. And uh, I've had some of your guests that you've actually brought to our podcast on. They've been fantastic, by the way. Wonderful guests. Good. And, and I think what would be really great for the watchers and the listeners, you know, because they tune in all the time to hear different ideas from different people and have different size and different you know, types of businesses. Tell them a little bit about yourself and a little bit about KitCaster. It's like a tongue twister. And, uh, and, we'll go, <laughs> and we'll let the conversation take us from there. Great. Thanks, Adam. Really, really appreciate you inviting me on the show and love to hear that we have brought some great guests to you. That is, that's our mission. So I come from the world of public relations and, and before that, just various careers that I think when I look at everything that I've done in my career journey, it, it's kind of all the, the common thread is storytelling really, when you when you boil it all down. So um, realizing that podcasting is just such a cool medium, and I was incorporating it into my traditional public relation campaigns. And every time that I would have a client go on a podcast, they would just be glowing afterwards. I think that that the ability to really dive into their story, their why, and, and connect on a different level that just didn't feel good corporate canned, you know, when they were like being interviewed by industry publications or, you know, doing an an industry focused article, it just, it felt so prepped and canned and, 
and podcasts allowed them to kind of let their hair down a bit. Yeah, totally. And and I and it's it's fascinating that you say that. I remember the first time I was ever on a podcast. It was years ago, back in one of my first businesses, and I'm like, "Did people actually listen to these things?" <laughs> and I'm still amazed, by the way. I mean, my audience, you know, we're fa- we're a fairly new podcast. You know, we have we're actually haven't even celebrated our first anniversary yet. We're a weekly podcast, and I'm going to start breaking it into even micro moments and segments and stuff pretty soon here as well, too, which is just to create content, right? But, yeah. You know, we're we're already at like 10,000 viewers and listeners in less than a year, and that's. And it, it, it's, it's incredible. And when I'm only targeting business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs, I consider that to be a wild success already. And I think, truth be told, it's the spiky hair that people enjoy making fun of. Uh, <laughs> and, and they're also like, this guy's talking about business, but he's hanging out in like this rock studio with guitars <laughs> behind him. And I think there's an element of that. And you've got a guitar behind you. Now, do you play that or is that just there for show too? You know, it's not there for show. I'm actually in um, in my office and we're in this old building in Denver. It was built in 1880 and we have, um, most of our team is, they're musicians or creatives. So this is our quiet room. And so when every, anyone feels a need to just break away, we have a ukulele in here too, um, but people will just come in here and start playing the guitar i played the trombone so that's not we don't have that in here no you got and no you Br- be- brandy you got to get it you've got to get a trombone you've got to bring it in and, and you're just going to start playing it in the quiet room because people are going to be like <laughs> oh man it doesn't have the same soothing effect as a guitar or ukulele like people will come in here and like sometimes i'll just bounce in just because it's like it's so great to just see somebody reclining back in the couch and just and just strumming. No, I don't it's even know. If, cool. Do you do you know that I'm a musician as well? I mean, you can clearly tell. From I didn't name. know that, but I can yeah. see that now. You have like a real deal setup. I do, you. and, and I'm, my primary instrument is piano. Although I play guitar pretty good as well too. I'm in. Ah. I'm currently making a rock album that's going to be coming out um, under a pseudonym, which I will tell people in the future. But I actually just released. Oh, you're it. not ready to release it yet. No, I just released actually a couple of weeks ago when this episode comes out. I released my first solo project ever at the age of 50. I decided I was going to you know, take my Steinway piano I have and I was going to compose 10 instrumental songs and then I got a string quartet to go along with it. And then I also wow. performed acoustic guitar on it. So it's 10 songs and I named it The Calm. Now, if you know me, Brandy, the last thing I am is The Calm. But people <laughs> it's the opposite? It's the opposite, but people don't know I have this more sensitive, relaxing side. And so I released the album... And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It was like a you know a bucket list as as they say. And it, you're glowing after you make it. I had a record label. I used to promote independent record artists. I was a musician my whole life in many of those bands. And that was a small business that I you know didn't have a lot of success in. But I had mild success in it. And actually, one of the bands still tours with Daughtry and Three Doors Down and all those. Oh bands. wow! A band called Aranda, yeah. who I'm working on the project with. But there's nothing quite like interviewing creatives that have their own businesses. So on David versus Goliath, I've had some people recently that are fantastic. I'm wondering if one of them came from you. His name um, is escaping right, right now. Eric, he was from a, a software company that works with piano teachers and music schools to score Fonz.com. Does that sound familiar to you? Mm, that doesn't sound familiar. Anyway, he was an awesome interview and he started my string of creatives because what's fascinating about creatives, people that have musical and talents and skills and artistic talents and skills, when they start their own business, they tend to bring that in 
to the business, but they also tend to struggle with some of the most important parts of business, which are asking for money yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. asking for you know, people's business because it's an anathema to somebody who's more creative and artistic who just wants to express. To give. Yeah, to give. Yeah. Versus, you owe me this, pal, sign on the dot line that is dotted. Now, this is, rolls into my next question with you. Because you interview and you work with so many different types of business owners, okay, so they come to you and they may be influencers or business owners and they want to have that message get out on podcasts and your company goes out, matches the right audience, the right host to, you know, to that particular business. You know, not all people are created equal with how articulate they are or how well they can speak. You know, how do you vet them to see if they're a good fit for you? And what do you recommend to someone like myself that's never done that before would be reaching out to somebody like you? What should I have prepared before I come to you to, you know, so I'm not wasting your time or my time, I guess is, you know, because not everyone is made to do this, right? Yeah, no, it's it's so true. I mean, there's so many different mediums out there. And, you know, some people are stronger writers, um, you know, some people just have different strengths. Some people are really good at putting together a creative blog post versus a, a more technical white paper. Um, but those who are good at speaking tend to gravitate towards this medium. You know, I would say it's very rare that we have to almost talk someone out of going on podcasts most of the time. I've, I've had to do I, it. I've had to do it yeah. over the years. I used to I used to run, I used to work with 1800 car dealers. And I'd have oh, and I'd have a car dealer that would say I need to be on my own TV and radio commercials. I'm like, dude, if you put yourself no, on you TV don't. and radio, <laughs> like you think you're having a hard time selling cars now, like just just wait till you do that. So anyway, I digest. Go ahead. Keep yeah. Going. Yeah. I mean, we actually, we've, we've had, to, I mean, we've been, we've been in business for over three years now. We've worked with close to 300 clients. And, you know, I would say I can count on one hand clients that we're like, or potential clients that were like, you know what, this may be not be the, the best fit for, for you, for us. Um, but, you know, it's really cool because when you get somebody talking about what drives them, what makes them put both of those, swing both of those legs off their bed in the morning, they can get real fired up. And I truly believe that everyone has a story. I think that some people are natural born storytellers, but I think you can absolutely pull and find a story out of everyone. And so that's really what we're working to do. So if we are working with a client that may not be the, the, the most natural storyteller and maybe has a hard time, like, you know, I don't know, what is my why? We work with them to find it. And it takes a bit sometimes. I, I have found, and I don't know if you found this in podcasting, but sometimes it takes about 20 to 30 minutes to like break somebody down. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad sense. I've had it's people like, cry on this podcast. Yeah. That's going to be yeah, my goal I mean, today. My goal today is going to be to get you to cry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it won't be hard. I'm pretty easy. Uh, I like to, I, I don't mind picture crying. Of a puppy dog. Like, you know, there you go. My, my producer is actually showing people the picture of the cutest puppy dog. Now, now a picture of the cutest baby. All right, there we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would do it for sure. So yeah. So I really do. I mean, I, I feel very passionately about 
finding folks' stories. And I think it's really empowering, especially if you feel like, yeah, what, you know, we've had a lot of clients that are like, I don't know, I'm just like an average human. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not an average human. Nobody's an average human. We all have something. We just have to find it. And sometimes it's just not right there. That's a really good point, you know. Um, Everyone does have a story. Some people are better at telling it than others. Some people don't know what their story or how to articulate it is, and that's fantastic that you do that. But you're right. Everyone is uniquely, and I believe divinely and inspiredly, you know, made for a purpose and a a reason to be here on planet Earth, on the spinning ball of awesomeness. So, (laughs) you know, so how did you, when you, you know, people always, you were, were you working in a PR firm or did you own your own PR firm? And what was that transition for you? Yeah, so I was doing contract PR work. And then the firm that I was working with, it was it was really cool. I worked for this really awesome woman. And she was like, you know, you should just you should start your own agency. And she started kicking me over clients that just weren't quite big enough for her to engage with. And so I really attribute the growth of my PR agency to her because it, it, you know, I was doing work for her and I still continued to do that. But once I started my own agency and and really looking at at podcasting, I've been obsessed with talk radio forever. Me too, um, me too, totally. Who, who was the first it, one that got you into talk radio for you? So I love Terry Gross. I know that that is like... She's on NPR. She has the most like soothing, sleepy, like the way that she interviews. I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Like I was just like an NPR nerd. I I was the exact opposite. So what got me into radio is my parents, my grandfather was a disc jockey on my mom's side. My grandfather was a disc jockey on my dad's side. And my dad is a disc jockey. And my grandfather, both my grandfather from my dad and my dad are in the Radio Hall of Fame in New England. Wow, so that's it, so cool. It was like my my grandfather on my mom's side was on radio back when he would play albums and he would sing along. He was a crooner. <laughs> so he would literally spin an album and he'd go, <laughs> he would like sing along with it on the radio. So uh, radio was- So you were born into this. I was, but what really got me into it, and whether you like him or not politically, I'm a huge Rush Limbaugh fan. And when he died, it was very sad for me. Because I thought he had the perfect blend of like sarcasm, entertainment, education. You know, I didn't agree with everything he said, but I liked the way he said it. And so, I, you know, I found myself just a junkie. And I still, to this day, listen to probably more talk radio than anybody I know. Because um, I just love, I think, you know, people learn three primarily ways. And I think you know this, Brandy. People either mm-hmm. learn visually by what they see, right? Uh, kinesthetically by what they do. And then hearing through actually hearing and each of us has a we learn all three different ways but each of us has a primary learning preference to us as people and for me it's it's just hearing and so it's it's interesting that you that you deal with people like me do you ever dig into that with them like you know what is their primary learning lesson um you know method and one of the things i try to do with my clients is i try to say okay how do your customers primarily learn and then mm. how can we go and reach them in those environments? Because some people have products that are very hands-on. And if you don't get that kinesthetic in- interaction with their potential customers, they'll never sell anything. Others are very visual, you know? And, then, and that's why video has always been one of the most powerful forms of media because it deals with all three. Now yeah. with the internet. So with the internet now, 
on the podcast, you can see, you can hear, and you can immediately interact, which is I can be looking up Brandy Whalen right now, and I can be going to kitcaster.com right now, and I can be researching you. Are there any negative reviews from your customers, right? Are there any positive reviews from your customers? So I think you know the internet and podcasting provides a very unique situation for people that makes a huge difference. Now, we got to take a quick break. And when we yeah. come back, I want to talk about your team because I know you don't do this alone. And I want to talk about your branding wow. as well, too, because I think people will love that. You're with Brandy Whalen from Kitcaster, your handsome host, Adam DeGrade from the David versus Goliath podcast. Here's a very special message from our corporate sponsor, Anthem Software. We'll be right back. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. And Adam, once again, manifesting my gregarious nature and personality, which I can't stop myself. It's just natural. You, you, you think that this is made up. This is actually, if you watch me walk around my house, I drive my, my wife and my kids crazy because this is exactly what you get when I'm awake. Now, when I'm asleep, the best things happen because I'm asleep. Now, now, Brandy, your team, your website's awesome, by the way. I, I, you know, I, love, you. I love branding and marketing. It's like a passion of mine. Yeah. Beautiful website. I saw some of the team members. We've worked with some of your team members. Tell people a little bit about the, you went from PR, you now have your own business. How big is your team right now? You're growing in three years. You know, mm -hmm. what are some of their roles? How do you source clients? You know, stuff like that. People love to learn that stuff. Absolutely. So when I was doing, well, in my traditional PR agency, I had a, a colleague here in Denver who was a podcast host and also ran a marketing agency. So we would group up occasionally and just brainstorm different ideas. And, you know, we were like, what are we going to do together? Like, we need to do something together someday. And we thought about producing podcasts for companies. But we we're like, you know, that is, it's a lot. That's a huge undertaking. I'm like, why don't we just tap into kind of what I'm doing already and just place people on podcasts because it's, you know, you may know this, but the longevity of most podcasts, it's, it's, it's rare for people to make it past episode eight or nine. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So why not to put our guests our clients on podcasts are already established. You know, they're still kind of getting that end goal of using podcasts as a, as a medium to get personal and professional brand exposure, but just without having to do the, the heavy lift of producing a podcast. So, Which you do not uh, produce podcasts, by the way, which is a misconception. People, it think, is a, people think you produce podcasts. 
Yes, all the time. People think we produce podcasts. We do not produce podcasts. We have wonderful people that we collaborate with that handles that side of the business, but we just find podcasts that you can be a guest on. You, so yeah, Ryan can, and can, I... You could almost create a podcast about being on a podcast that is a podcast about being on podcasts. It could be like the circular, you know, the circular thing about podcasts. I know. I absolutely. I mean, we do have a podcast now called Hosted, which I would love to get you on. And it's all around podcast hosts. So um, so anyway, Ryan and I started Kitcaster, really just like testing the waters. We were just like, let's just see. So he sent out like all the people that had ever been on his podcast because he it was a business podcast. So it was all people who were founders of companies. So he sent an email out and was like, hey, we're doing this who's interested and immediately had like 10 people raise their hand. So initially we were just like starting beta. Like we we're like, can we even make this work? Is there How a market? Can we scale this? Yeah, you didn't even know if there was a market. Is there a market? Yeah, it's great. So we were taking on beta clients and kind of figuring out what we didn't know. And it was hard in the beginning. We we're like, this is a terrible idea. This is, it's so hard to find contact information and to hear back. And how are we ever going to scale this? But then we started to kind of figure things out. We built, uh, we retrofitted a CRM system so that we could, we could kind of build our own database of contacts and start to work through that flow. And then we started to slowly grow our team. I had a team member at the time with me already. And so she came over to Kitcaster and is now our director of operations. And she's amazing. And we have just grown from there. We're up to 23 employees wow, now. Think about that. That's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Just wait till you get to it's- 50. Well, that, and you know, it's funny because we, we were doing some interviews this week and one of the uh, folks that we interviewed, they were like, what's your vision? And I was like, to not get above 50. <laughs> There's just something about that. Like, I love the, the way that we, we flow right now. And I, our team is amazing. I think when you were talking about interviewing creatives, I would say that is another thing that everyone here has in common is that they have passions outside of this. And I think it's really important because everyone's bringing a different perspective because it really takes creativity to connect with a host and take somebody's story and make it appealing. Like that's what we're selling. We're selling stories to a podcast host. It's awesome, man. I think, you know, if you're watching and you're listening to this, she said some fantastic stuff, number one. She had an idea, they had a hypothesis. They didn't even know if there was a market for this, right? But they believed there possibly was. Her experience, and it's Ryan, right? Ryan's your partner? Ryan, yep. Yeah, you had, you had awesome experience in marketing and you had all this client base. You went to market and sure enough, bang, there was a market there. And magic happens. You just never know until you try. Now, um, did you have any plans and goals or did you just kind of wing it? You know, initially we were 100% winging it and really trying to figure out like, you know, what, where are we going to price this service at? And, and what is, what does a package look like and how can we almost like SaaS model this service? Could we create a monthly sort of subscription package? So we, we were playing around with a lot of different things. So we didn't really know at the time, you know, after we were about six months in when we were like, all right, this is actually, 
I think we've got something here. It's, we need to really sit down. And, and Ryan built our website, by the way. Oh, he he's, did a great job. Make sure you let him know. Ryan, nice I job. Will. Beautiful site. <laughs> Guys, go check he's it out. incredible. Just, just from a design perspective and an interactivity perspective, I thought it was great. Now, Ryan, I'll speak to him directly so you don't have to say this. <laughs> Brandy needs you to figure out a way for people to know right away that you don't create podcasts. <laughs> and if you, can, if you can figure out how to visually and graphically represent that quickly, it'll save people a ton of time. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I think we're, I think it, part of it too, Adam is education. Nobody even knows that a service like this exists. So, you know, it, it's, that's one of the, the, the things that we battled in the beginning. Like people would ask what our biggest or who our largest competitor was. And I was like, just that nobody knows. That's our, that is our largest competitor I, I is that nobody you, knows. I want to ask you about that because you probably have very good SEO because there wasn't a lot of competition originally, right? Hmm? Did, did Ryan go and look how many businesses are looking for digital PR or, um, you know, what do you specifically, what would you try to rank for as a business? What phrases are you going after right now? Because a lot of people that watch this that have their businesses They've hired SEO people. They've spent all this money. It doesn't really work. It's typically because they're not targeting the right phrases or the right mm -hmm. questions. What are you trying to get right now from content marketing? Yeah, so something that's really interesting, we definitely tap into to the marketing world and also just key, um, kind of key search terms in, in marketing. But one of the things that, that we've identified as being a huge search term is how to book yourself on podcasts. <laughs> I pretty, mean, pretty simple oh. term, <laughs> how to book yourself on podcasts. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are searching that term. Come to find I'm out. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> how to book yourself on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we actually wrote a blog about it because that is one of the things that people ask us, you know, when we're getting on a call with a prospective client, they're like, well, why can't we just do this? And I'm like, you absolutely can. That's awesome. If you have the time and the bandwidth and the resources, like the contacts to do this, you should, you should do it. But if you don't, then we're here for you and we're happy to help. But, um, you know, I'm all about like, if you, if you can do it, you should do it. That's great. You know, and, and I think, I think that's a great point, by the way. If you can do it, you should do it, right? I mean, and, and, yeah. you know, and, and hesitancy, I always say, is the life of the, uh, is the death of an entrepreneur. But action is the life of an entrepreneur. There's no doubt about it. If you hesitate, mm -hmm. death, action, life. Now, um, when, you're, when you're doing search phrases and things like that, I think this is important. There's, there's content is king. And one of the things yeah. I will tell you is I would probably try to write 15 blogs about 2,000 words each for as much as you can surrounding that one question because mm -hmm. you can probably start to get really good rankings organically as well as, you know, obviously paying for placement. Now, has LinkedIn been a good source for you because you're B2B? It's been a great source for us. Surprising, yeah. right? Like, to me, it's been, uh, it's, a, it's a great surprise. It's a challenge, but it mm -hmm. is definitely a positive thing and people you're the nice thing about what you're doing is it's fun right you're talking to people that love their business or they should they love their business otherwise they don't belong on a podcast um they sh should love their business and so you're saying do you love your business we love your business 
let me help you get the word out there. Is that how you're finding, like do you, how many, I guess, I guess a question, let me rephrase the question in a different way. Out of every 10 clients you get, how many found you and how many did you find? Yeah, out of 10, I would say uh, probably two to three found us. Okay. And then the rest is all outbound. So through LinkedIn, we also use PitchBook. Big fan of PitchBook. What is that? I'm not sure. No, I'm not. not, I've never heard of it. It's an amazing resource database. And and, because we know that the clients that we typically engage with are, are startups, founders going through whatever phase of of raise they might be in and PitchBook monitors all of that and gives you all of the information what companies are getting funded who are the VCs that are backing these particular yeah, organizations Yeah cuz that's important for you right you got to find someone that's got money and funded and needs to get their message out right Exactly. Yeah. And especially freshly funded, you know, it's, it's a good time to, to start ramping and really take the money once they got it. It's burning a hole in their pocket. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. It deserves to be in your pocket. Go and get it. It's the advice of Brandy. Uh, Yes. That's a good, that's good. That is really, really good. And it's a really great thing too. I think for what we hear from a lot of our clients and just you know, they have like a, a board of directors, they have their, their VCs, it's good to show their, their, they're gaining momentum, they're getting exposure. It's also a great way for the board of directors for their VCs to connect with what they're doing. They, they get to listen to them on a podcast for 60 minutes and, you know, help explain some of the, they can the learn that they play the trombone. They play the trombone in their quiet room. Yes. That's not going to come out in a pitch meeting. Absolutely. Get to really know who that, like that, those human interests are and who that person is and what drives them. And those things are really important. Not just your business idea, but who's running the business. I I love that. I think the personal element of business is so neglected. And, And one of the things I try to do here on DVG is really try to dive into that a little bit. So Brandy, this has been great. I got to take another break from another sponsor who's actually tapping me on the shoulder right now. Saying, you know, get in the tap. It's my turn. It's my turn to get promoted. So we're going to take a quick break. We are with Brandy and Adam DeGrade on the David versus Goliath podcast. Here's another message from another great sponsor. We'll be right back. Northeast Capital has an exciting new program we offer to equipment and software dealers. It provides you the appearance of a private label captive financing program. We call it Our Financial Services. Using our financial services, you can offer your customers your own financing program, including industry-specific payment calculators and unique payment options. Northeast Capital administers a private label program tailored to you and your customers' needs. Learn how we can help you reduce receivables and qualify for your own private label finance program. The adult Disney fan hating Brandy Whalen. Now, Brandy, this, <laughs> this I gotta feel. It was my, really terrible. I, it sounds terrible. My, uh, I guarantee, my guy who's editing this just probably made that part of the trailer. 
Um, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind. Adult Disney fan hating. So no, one of the one of the questions that we ask folks uh, on my little info form here. Or as, yes. or, or as my friend Russell Limbaugh used to say, in my formerly nicotine stained hands. It says, you know, what are your pet peeves? And hers were um, uh, adult Disney fans, white pants. I was going to wear white pants today just to drive you crazy. I'm so glad you didn't. But I didn't. I wore, sh- I wore as you know, you probably saw me. I wear shorts and sandals, and I do a business podcast. You know, everyone else is like. Buttoned up. Like, nah, I earned my way out of a suit many years ago. Matter of fact, I don't own a suit. And so every time time I have to wear one, I rent one. That's great. That's perfect. The nice part about that, Brandy, is if I get thin, it fits. If I get fat, it fits. And so the nice part about renting suits is that they always fit. They always fit. And And they're always on trend. and And I also don't have to worry about it. Because at the end of the day, if I have that extra pizza, no big deal. I can squeeze into it because I just got fit for it. So what is this? Tell me a little bit about adult Disney fans. I think it's probably, I think, it, I, think I kind of know what you mean by that. Um, I live down the street from the house of the mouse, but I'd love to get your opinion. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't really realize what I, so I grew up on a, on a turkey farm. And so I didn't travel when I was young at all. Like we couldn't, you know, you don't just like leave 30,000 turkeys and go on a trip. So, um, did you just say 30,000 turkeys? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's going to be did. the name of this episode 30,000 turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but so, when my, I have three boys, and I was like, you know what? I didn't get to do this stuff as a child. Like, I want to make sure that they have these warm, fuzzy experiences, these adventures that I never got to do. And I was always jealous of everyone. So, we took them to Disney World. And, and they were just kind of like, meh. And I was like, wow, this, is, this isn't fun at all. And then I started looking around. Let me around. ask you a question. When did you come? Oh, gosh. It was a while ago. It had to be I'm in the thinking, summer, right? It was, it, was in, it was towards the end of May, early June. Yeah, no. And it wasn't the temperature. It was, it was, the, it was all the other things. And then I started to, just, I just assumed that everyone who was there would be there because they had children. They kind of like had to be but then i realized that they're just like adults that were just there for fun and there were weddings happening and i looked at my three boys and i was like and they were young at the time and so they they were like what is she talking about but i was like do you see what's happening over there if you get married in disney world we are done that's it you're cut off that's it that's a deal breaker for me so <laughs> You know what's so fascinating to me, Brady? I loved, I, I've, I've always loved parks, amusement parks. And I, I used to live in New England. And when you live in New England, you always come down to Florida because it's too damn cold there, right? Yeah, yeah. But 90% of the people that go to Disney do it in June, July, and August. Not 90%, but you know, some crazy majority of people end up here. Sure. It is the worst time of year to be in Florida, period. So yeah. like September 30th to like May 1st, Florida is like heaven. That's like the dream time. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, there's many other places you can go to enjoy yourself. But it's funny that you say that because I was one of those adulting Disney fans on my, <laughs> on my first marriage. My ex-wife and I, we did our honeymoon at Disney World. And I was one of those dudes walking around with the hats on. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny because I've grown out of that so much. And uh, there's, there's so many things I love about Disney. And there's so many things I hate about Disney. 
But yeah. at the at the end of the day, I could see that you told your kids. Now, kids, remember your mother's telling you: if you get married at Disney, you're cut off. We're done. Don't ask me for anything. And uh, you know what? The only problem, Brandy, with that is uh, one of them is going to get married at Disney. Oh, I know, I know. I've just like I sealed the fate right there. I mean, it's just as soon as those words came out of my mouth, and and here's the deal: it was it was totally fine. I think I just wasn't I wasn't prepared for that, and. Um, and I just didn't really enjoy it that much. I don't. I just don't think I'm an amusement park person. I don't, it's not my jam. So I'd rather be out like camping. And then I realized, thankfully, that my kids are the same way. Yeah, well, they just, just were take like, them, take them to the thirty thousand turkeys and set up a tent. That's all they wanted. That's, that's, all, they want. that's all they want. That is all they want. So. You know, I, just, lo- I love that. I love it. I never know what this, these segments are going to hold. Uh, and I think this has been a lot of fun. This will end up being a micro moment on DVG. That I'm going to promote <laughs> yeah. calling. Awesome. Uh, I hope I don't offend too many people. No, you're I know probably offended about 80% of the adults listening to it right now because they're probably <laughs> Disney adult fans. But you know what? I, I think it's awesome. And if, and if you can't speak your mind in America, where can you speak you your mind? You're supposed to be able to speak your mind here. Anyway, uh, that's really, really great. Well, transitioning to my last, my last question. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about, you're working with a lot of these businesses that just recently got funding, right? And then you mm-hmm. think back to yourself, you know, yours and Ryan's time, when you were sitting together and you're saying, you know what, we got to do something. We got to do something together and we got to make it unique. You know, you probably had good paying jobs. You probably had mm-hmm. good careers at the time. And then to start something on an idea and to throw yourself all into that takes what I call courage. And, you know, the reason why I named David versus Goliath the podcast is that all small businesses are fighting a giant, right? Sometimes it's a big competitor. Sometimes it's corporate BS. Sometimes it's corporate regulations. Sometimes it's just the giant that you need to face personally. But we're all mm-hmm. facing a giant that needs to be slain. And if you read the story in the scriptures, it talks about how David, it's fascinating because I never really noticed it until I, I started, I was reading it a couple of years back and I really wrote this down, that you know Saul, the king at the time, offered him a bunch of armor he said, I don't need that armor. I'm going to be fine. And he went down to the stream. He grabbed five smooth stones. But it only took one to slay Goliath. But there's a reason why five was in there, right? He had backup, right? He had other plans. And so what I try to do on David versus Goliath is talk about plans and goals, the right people, the right technology, the right processes your people leverage the technology and the tools to hit the goals, right? So it backs into it. But mm-hmm. the fifth stone I liken to courage, which is belief, really, faith, right? And that's the stone that I believe slayed that giant. When you and Ryan started Kickcaster three years ago, not knowing what would happen, it does take courage. So this is a two-part question. Okay. Part one is, what was it for the two of you that gave you the courage? Was it doing it together? I don't know. What mm-hmm. was it? And then number two, because you work with a lot of businesses and you meet a lot of successful people, for those that are watching and listening right now that haven't taken that step or they've just recently taken that step, how would you encourage them to take the step or to stay in it? Yeah, okay. I like those questions. So first part is for Ryan and I, I think that we were, so a big part of both of our businesses that we we experienced was scope creep. Um, we our services were broad enough and we would we were kind of in this position where 
if a company was like, oh, you know, could you write copy for us? Oh, sure. Can you do website design? Yeah. Maybe. Sure. You know, and, and it just, it, that's a, just a terrible place to be. And that's like lessons learned, right? Like it certainly didn't need to happen that way, but it did. And I think for me, it was my first business. So I was like, you, wait, you want to work with me? Oh, that's so fantastic. We'll do anything. Um, you want me to so, run to the know, store and get you food and bill you for it? <laughs> happy to. Yes, I'll do your laundry. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you just kind of open the door wide open. Um, so I think for Ryan and I both, we wanted to create something that was just, this is what we do. And we're going to stay in our lane and we're not going to do anything else because we realize that that can be a huge detriment to your business by doing, being, trying to be a master of all. Um, so that, that was a huge push for us. Also, we still had our other businesses and we bootstrapped Kitcaster. Like we were feeding into the company from what we already had. So there was some, um, security, like, security there that we did we we kept that and we kept our businesses until we were at a place where we could pay ourselves at kitcaster but we had to pay other people first because we needed people on that side of the business even though that's against what everyone says it's always like pay yourself first and no, then worry I think about the other I think but that's great advice i mean you know uh <laughs> you know knock on wood in my in my four or five businesses i've owned and operated i've never missed a payroll for my employees but i have missed, so important but i have missed many payrolls for yours truly. And people don't yes. think about that because you don't broadcast it. You know, it's not like I walked around to my employees in my first few businesses and said, oh, by the way, I'm not getting paid, you dirtbags, and I'm paying you. No, that's not going to motivate them, right? So these are yeah. things that people don't realize, man. The people that don't get paid at, a lot of the times are the people at the top. And that's the way. Totally. Until it's time to get paid, then we get paid. And uh, yeah. But, and you should, because you're taking the risk, you know? So we didn't get paid for a year. Um, and, you know, that was, it just, it it, it all worked out. Um, and I would highly, I mean, I, I think it's, it, encourage everyone to just, you know, you, you mentioned a, a lot of different aspects to a successful business. And, and that was something that, you know, I think Ryan and I both come to the business with different skill sets and I don't have that like process oriented mind I'm getting better at it but that's what he came with and that was really important piece that I never had in my business and I struggled really hard and now that we have processes in place it's just like oh this is great. You just go to this this Loom video over here. It's all documented, and we're good to go. So, um, you know, I I, th I think that if you have an idea, test it. Why not? Why not test it? See if there's if there's a place for it. Talk to people about it. I would say that's one of my biggest pieces of, of advice for folks. Is sometimes people get really cagey about their ideas that they're. They're afraid to share. They hold them in. They don't want anybody to steal their ideas. Ideas are ideas. It's hard to implement them and implement them successfully. So share your ideas. Get feedback from people. See what their reaction is. Start to beta test it. If you yeah, have you know, something, yeah, you know what's important. give it away. One of the things, that's, that's a good point, by the way. But one of the important things is who you ask. Because I had a few podcasts back, um, one of the women, she said, don't take advice from somebody who's not where you want to be. I heard that one. 
it was that awesome. was a really great show yeah so, so, she's fantastic so, so think about that folks what if you combine that two pieces of advice to brandy and what um christy morrow said it's, I'm, I'm interviewing so many people at this point. I even said to my wife that day, oh, I didn't remember I interviewed that person. Um, you know, it's getting, and that's just gotten over 50 now and everything, every day it's going to bleed out something else. But she said, so Brandy said, talk to people. Christy Morrow says, talk to the right people. And I think the blend is where that magic comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So if you've got an idea, talk to people that are more successful than you and run the idea by them or somebody who you know is where you want to be. Because so often, we become who we spend time with. If we keep spending time with those that are going nowhere, before you know it, we're going nowhere. But if you're yeah. always reaching up above you and then reaching down to help somebody below you, that's where the magic sweet spot in life comes. And that's the magic of the David versus Goliath podcast. Because I have been successful because I've reached out to people who have been greater than me and they're even more successful than me now. And I've had the ability to have somebody help me up. And I've had the ability to help others up. And Brandy, I have people that have worked for me that own their own businesses now that have built their businesses 14 times the size that I've ever built any of my businesses. And that's, that's what so life cool. is all about. The human yes. element of business cannot be lost in this. And everyone has a story, quote from Brandy Whalen from Kitcaster. Brandy, have you had a good time? I've had a blast. This has been awesome. It's Friday. Is it what Friday? A great, <laughs> yeah. What a great way to wrap the week. I, oh, yeah, it's so yeah, it's how, Friday. How, how can, perfect. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. How can, how can people find you? So people can find me at, at kitcaster.com. Um, we have and everything. Kitcaster's with kind a K. K. K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R.com. It's been awesome, Brandy. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you, Adam. Uh, I, I would love to come on your podcast. Keep sending us great quality people that are passionate about their business. They're not uncomfortable talking about these things that we talk about here on DVG. It means a lot to me, it means a lot to our audience. It's been an honor to have you. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much. And to the watchers and listeners, another amazing episode is in the can where you get education inspiration, inspiration, ah, that's right. And most importantly, activation in your business. I'm Adam DeGrade, I'll see you next week. Have a great day.